Welcome to Everything Dog Training with me, John McGuigan. Our goal is to bring you information on dog training methods which work and are kind, cutting through the myth and the folklore to help you have a better behaved, happier, emotionally healthier dog who is a joy to be around. Hi everyone and thanks again for joining me. Apologies, it's been a few months now probably since our last episode of the podcast um, just with Christmas and a whole bunch of other things getting in the way so know that you're hanging on uh, just on cue. Logan gets up and flaps his ears. Not that you're hanging on my every word and constantly waiting on me putting out new, new content but uh, just acknowledging that it's been a couple of months since our last podcast. It's been a really difficult uh, year, the last year for everybody, and I fully appreciate that the last oh, last uh, few months has been especially challenging. I think a lot of people are getting fatigued uh, with the COVID situation. Uh, the fact that the vaccine is here and uh, going through a, a global rollout is beneficial because we'll be able to get back to some sense of something other than this, and I don't want to say uh, normality because who knows what will happen in the future and, and what our, our world will look like. But hopefully we'll be able to get back out and start um, seeing other people and going to the cinema and going out for dinner and things like that uh, relatively soon within the next six months or so. So, uh, yeah, be kind to everybody. It's really it's challenging. If it's challenging for you, it's challenging for somebody else. And do please do your best to, to make um, somebody else's life better on a daily basis, even if it's just checking in with them, sending a message, uh, picking up the phone, uh, and so on. Okay, so just uh, let's all support each other. Okay, today, uh, a couple of things we're going to talk about are uh, the our history uh, of our words, so our personal history or human's history with the words that we use when we're training our dogs or our animals, but especially with our dogs. So we've got a, a history with certain words. They, our words do mean stuff to us. They absolutely do mean stuff to us. And every time that you use a word with your dog, you're dragging that history or you're pulling that history into that interaction unless you're fully, fully, fully aware of of how you're feeling, how you're using that word. And I'll give you some examples of this uh, as as we continue with this. Um, I'm going to say conversation, is it? Maybe, I don't know. Anyway, okay. Um, right, so we've got, uh, just now, there's a, a series that's just started on Netflix called The History of Swearing, I think it is. Um, Nicholas Cage presents it. And there's six or so episodes and they, they look at a different um, swear word and the history of where that word came from. Okay. Now, depending on your background, uh, will depend on uh, where, what your, your history and what your association and what you're learning with that word goes. Okay. So uh, here in the West of Scotland, uh, there's words that uh, we, we say routinely um and affectionately to, to each other's where, where you can in the rest of the world okay and uh, to give you an example of that um i was when i was in uh, california uh 2019 and we were in uh, redondo beach which is just outside los angeles and i was being uh, doing a workshop there and i'd split the the group into um kind of two parts so 
or three parts. One was going to be an observer uh, to give the trainer um, some feedback on the training that they were doing. One was going to be the dog or the learner, and the other person was going to be the trainer. So I sent the trainers outside, and they were standing outside uh, while I was giving the other um, the class members the, the briefing. And then I went out to join them. And while I was standing there, there was a guy who was from Scotland walking past, and he heard my accent. Apparently, I've got some sort of accent. Okay, so he heard my accent as we walked past and he said, whereabouts are you from? I said, they're from Glasgow. And then he said, uh, I then asked him where he was from. And he's from Ayrshire, which is just down at the coast. So that's only about 40 minutes away from here. Now, he had been in uh, Los Angeles for about 15 years. And um, Jerry or Gerard Butler, the actor, um, Jerry has got uh, this weird Scottish mid-Atlantic American accent now so when Jerry comes home uh, he doesn't sound the way that you hear him when he's on television being interviewed because he has to soften this apparently brutal accent that we have in order to be understood okay so Jerry's just from Paisley which is like a mile down the road from where I'm where I live okay now I had said to this guy <laughs> um how long have you been here? And he said, 15 years. And I said, there's a wee bit of Jerry Butler about your accent. And he said, immediately, F off. All right. I'm not from Paisley. I'm from Ayrshire. Right. So the two of us started laughing and went backwards and forwards. And that was fine. So as we got back into the, the room, one of the um, attendees asked me if I knew him. And I said, no, absolutely. I says, I've just met him. And he, she said to me, but he just told you to F off right to your face. And I says, I know that's how we talk to each other in Scotland, okay? So if somebody, if you're having here, if we're having a conversation with somebody and, and you know, you say something that somebody doesn't like, that word will come up, okay? That express, F off, right? You know, and it's just like, as if it kind of, don't be daft or you're talking rubbish, okay? And depending on the company. Um, the C word is a word that we will use very often, okay? Uh and so when I, I was a, a police officer, um, that would be, it, it's not always used as an insult, okay? It was, he is a, a right good C, meaning he is a, he's a, a safe pair of hands, okay? Right, so that's our history with that words. Now, if you're listening to this in the US, uh, I, I fully appreciate that, that some of you might be utterly appalled by this. So you, it got to this, it gets to the stage even with, um, some uh, populations within the US that even saying, they'll say, gosh, darn it, and shoot, okay? So those words here, which is God damn it and shit, okay? Those words here are, are not really seen as being swear words. We would say damn it quite often or for God's sake, really often, okay? And 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 I, I'm not even, when my inclination there was to apologize if I'm offending anybody, I, I'm sure you mean that, you know, that I, I, I'm, I don't mean to offend anybody here. So that's how soft some of those those words become, okay? Uh, or, or that, sorry, those words are so harsh that they need to be softened into that gosh darn it and shoot, okay? Uh, okay, so we've got, that comes from our, our history of where those words mean, okay? And uh, the words that, that come into um, play with our dogs, okay, are no, off or get off, get down, okay, or down. Okay, so those are the ones that I've, I've written down and I'll go through a few of them. 
Right, so every few years what I'll do is I'll, I'll put some content out on social media um, trying to educate or give my thoughts on the use of the word no in dog training. Now, I uh, I don't use no when I'm training my dog. I don't, it's not a good boy for getting it right and uh, nope for getting it wrong. Okay, that's not a word that the dogs that I work with will hear. If the dog jumps up on me, they won't hear a no get down. Okay, they won't hear it's or anything like that. All right, so all these kind of uh, corrective things that, that we hear uh, that and both culturally and from our, our own background, to me, they're not useful. Okay, they're, they're not useful in giving the dog any information about what they uh, what they what we're wanting them to do. Okay, dogs just working out. That works. That gets paid. That gets a treat. That gets attention. That gets the ball thrown. That gets me access to sniffs. And that other one, that other behavior doesn't. Okay, and that feedback is clear enough. Okay, and when we're using, uh, when our dog sits, if our dog sits and we immediately reach for a treat when the dog sits, we're already giving the dog the feedback. When we go, good boy, and then give the dog the treat, we're, we're the good boy is use, we're using the good boy to mark the exact moment that the dog has done the right behavior and then following up with the treat. Okay, so the, the good boy there is, um, it's a, a mark in time, a marker, okay, and a bridge to say, that's the behavior that I want you to do. And I'm now going to give you a treat for it. Okay. Now, the reason that I don't say one of the there's a number of reasons why I don't say no. But one of the reasons I don't say no is because it's actually not necessary for learning. Okay. So if I was uh, somebody was, uh, if I was, te- if I was learning how to play the guitar, okay, and I know what the chord sounds like, and I strum the chord and it doesn't sound like that, then the not sounding like that is the feedback that I need. Okay. Now, if somebody was teaching me how to play the guitar and I put my fingers in the wrong frets or in the wrong strings, rather than saying, nope, that's not right, what they can turn around and say is stop there. So they were interrupting it. So stop there. Put your first finger on that string. Put your next finger on that string. Put your third finger on that string. Okay. So it's really clear feedback about it's we're doing. I want you to do that specifically rather than that, okay? And the more specificity we can get in telling a dog or giving the dog information or the learner information about exactly what we want them to do, uh, the more, uh, the, the less I actually have to tell them what I don't want them to do, okay? So when I, if I'm coaching somebody, very often I'll hear people saying, I'll just say, so remember, we're doing this. Yep, remember it's that one there. Just keep your hand by your side. Now move your hand, okay? And then you'll hear people when they make a mistake in inverted commas, very often they'll turn around and say, oh, I'm sorry. And I say to them, you've got nothing to apologize for because you're learning this as well. So it wouldn't help the learning process if I was, every time that they did something wrong, I went, nope, 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 nope. Okay, eventually I wouldn't have any clients and they'd tell me to be quiet, okay? So no is not necessary. Now, a lot of time when I'm putting content out like this, people will start turn, they'll, they'll turn around and they'll get comments and they'll say, um, but dogs can learn if you say no. Dogs can learn it. No just means, it just means stop doing that and come away and do this instead. Okay. And that's exactly right. They can learn it. Okay. But it's so easy for us to say no. We've got such a history of what no means that if the dog doesn't immediately comply 
with our use of the word know what happens next. Okay, and that's what I'm always, always, always guarding against, especially future-proofing my training, okay, and building good habits. So if a dog does something that I don't like, okay, and I say no, and the dog continues to do that behavior, then uh, where am I going to go to next? Because I've just said no, and I've got a history of, you know, 47 years of this planet of knowing what no means, it means that I will do more no. Okay, so it'll be harsher nose. I'll, I'll say it more often with more intensity, with more threat. Okay, there might be movement towards the dog and there might then be grabbing towards it. Okay, so that's what you can physically observe. Okay, now what we've also got is the emotion that goes with that. Okay, you've not done what I've asked you to do and I'm now starting to get annoyed. Now, I think even the most patient trainer who uses no will go through this to some sort of some degree. So now no starts becoming something which is not pleasant. It becomes something which is starting to become a little bit more threatening than that. So it could be, no, no, no. Okay. So even in that, those stages of us, those three stages of how that, that word sounded there, it can start meaning something different to the dog. Us as the teacher or the trainer starts feeling a little bit different about it. Okay. And the dog will immediately pick up on that body language, okay? And then there's also uh, neuroscience to back up some of this as well, okay? Which I don't know enough about to making anything, any other uh, assertion other than there is some re neuroscience research to back this stuff up that the dog can start reflecting back on us what we are thinking and what we're feeling, okay? Um, okay, so no is not a problem in and of itself, it's a problem because of the history. No means stop doing that. And if we don't, if we don't get a result by doing a behavior, we will do that behavior again and again and again and again. Okay, which I've talked about before. And if you're new to the podcast, I'm going to ask you: if you stand in front of the lift and the, the lift doesn't come, okay, or you're pedestrian crossing and you press the button and it doesn't immediately change, what's the first thing you're most likely to do? Okay, and that's to punch that button again. And then when you start getting frustrated you punch the button again. Okay, so think about it with the mouse and your keyboard or in your computer rather. You move the mouse and that little arrow doesn't move. What's the first thing that you do? You now start moving it more vigorously. Then you pick up the mouse and you start doing different things with it. So you do more of that thing because it's not working. And saying no to your dog is no different from that. So you do more no. Okay, and the way that I train and that I'm trying to teach people to train is if, if, we're to, if we're saying no in the first place, it means that the dog has not understood what we've asked them to do or that they've not been motivated to do it. And you now putting threat on top of that is now going to either confuse things because they have to worry about you putting some sort of threat on them, okay, um, or the motivation for them to do is that I actually don't want to do anything anymore because if I do something and get it wrong, you'll shout at me. Okay, and I'm, I'm, as I'm saying these words, I'm kind of, I've been through all this for a long time, okay, so I've been doing this a long time, and I know the thoughts that come into people's heads when they talk about this, there's no threat involved in it, the mildest of threat, okay, it can be the mildest of threat, it can be the, the, the look that you get from your, your mum as a child, if you're doing something that you're not supposed to be doing, that look, okay, where the, the eyes just become a tiny bit hard, okay, um, 
And then if you continue doing it, it then the eyes become harder, the jaw then gets set, okay? You'll see a stiffening in your dad's shoulders, whatever, okay? So these are they're, they're micro um, aggressions, actually, which we are super sensitive in picking up, okay? And our dogs are no different. So when I'm training uh, a, a client, when I'm working with a client, very often a lot of my training is done through body language and quiet quietness, okay? So one of the things that I will teach is I want me standing still, looking at my dog. That's the first cue that I want my dog to start paying attention to me, okay? So that's standing still, looking at your dog, and when the dog starts engaging with you, we can then start reinforcing that with food or with toys, okay? because you can't do more standing still, okay? So do more standing still, soften your face, look at your dog. How do you do more of that? The only way you can do more of that is through a passage of time, okay? So by doing that, by limiting the amount that we can run our mouth to our dog, okay, it means that we're going to have to become creative with our use of reinforcement, which is actually what makes behavior happen, okay? So it's not your boss asking you to come into work that makes you come in is the fact that when your boss asks you to come into your work and you come into your work that you have been paid for it okay so it's the payment that makes you come in contingent on going into work when asked and those three things go together there's a signal for the behavior which has been asked to come into work or been on shift there's the behavior itself which is the work that you do and then the uh, consequence of you doing your work is that you get paid Okay, and those three things run together all the time. And it's the reinforcement, the consequence of working that makes you come back in, not being asked to come back in, okay, which is why I'm talking about stop shouting no to your dog, because it means that the consequence has to be a follow-up of something unpleasant, okay? All right, so what I'll do is stand still, and that's the first signal we want our dog to do, okay, because we can't do more of that. We then build up the dog's attention to us, okay? Dog starts, again, dog pays attention to us very often because we're not doing anything else. So we stand in a, and still in with the dog in the lead. Dog starts paying attention to us and then we start reinforcing that, okay? So the dog starts understanding the signal to pay attention is us standing quietly looking at them, okay? Now, one of the other things I will then do is uh, the dog, our dog might not know that there is treats or play available. Okay, so the, the dog just doesn't understand because we're teaching a new set of rules. So one of the things I'll start doing is a, a game where I just gently take, and if you've watched any of my videos on Facebook or, or YouTube, you'll maybe have seen this. We take out one treat from the bag at a time and we put it down just at our toes. So we take a treat out of the bag, bend down, put it down on the ground, stand up, and then we do that again. And then we do that again. And we keep doing that until the dog notices. And when a dog notices, they come in and there's a pot of treats sitting on the floor. And they go, oh, there's treats there. Okay. And while the dog is eating, we now start bending down and putting that treat down. Okay. So the dog starts understanding. If we stand still and look at the dog, it predicts that this game is going to happen. And that movement of us bending down and putting the treat down on the ground uh, is a indicator that there's food going on the ground okay so the dog sees that gross body movement okay and i mean gross as in large as opposed to your gross moving that way okay so you put the treat down okay once the dog is now regularly paying eating those treats we pause 
And what very often happens, and I say very often, I mean well over 90% of the time is the dog starts looking up at us, anticipating that there's another treat coming in. Okay, so we can then give the dog a treat for paying attention to us. Okay, and that's how I build attention. Okay, now one of the things that I will do if the dog is looking away from us, okay, and they're, they're not interested in us, okay, is I start counting. So we just go one, two, three, four, as we're putting the treat down. So we shout one, put the treat down, two, put the treat down, three, put the treat down. And this is a really, um, the, the counting game, I'd been doing the, the putting the treat down on the floor anyway, I'd kind of pieced that together from a few different trainers, but the counting game had come from a, a trainer called Shirag Patel, who's a phenomenal trainer. And what you're now doing is just adding another level of um something for the dog to to be able to perceive into the environment okay so we start the accounting game now i do this often i worked with a family uh recently and they were the the children were between uh, i think six or seven and eleven okay so three kids between those groups those, those ages and i got them to stand in a triangle okay and then we just get uh, with each time we did it we get the triangle a little bit bigger by them taking a step back away from each other and what one of them do is they would have their treat bag and they would start counting one two three and then their, their year old dog would race towards the person who was counting okay once the the dog was there ate the treats and then the that sibling stopped and their brother or sister would then start the counting game at another point of the triangle and the dog would tear off towards the new person okay so it's effectively like the chimes from an ice cream van okay that counting game just means that there's going to be those treats available okay and that counting game now starts becoming your recall cue okay so the dog runs off takes the treats okay gets paid for so what has happened is it runs to the person who's counting and is then paid for going to that person with those treats, okay? That person, that child then stops, and then the next person does it, the next child or their sibling does it. And we just get some kind of round-robin game of this, the dog running backwards and forwards, okay? So what if you build that up regularly, you now get a dog that starts paying attention to your counting, okay? Now, going back to the, the body of what we're talking about here, uh, when, you, when I do this with kids, it's glorious because the children, you just go, I want you to count down on the ground and they go one, two, three, with that nice, happy, childlike uh, tone of voice. You ask an adult to do this, okay? And especially, um, yeah, probably from my age group and younger, okay? We, the history that we've got with those, those that counting noises, I'm going to count to three, okay? And it's basically saying, I'm going to count to three. And if you don't do what you're told by the time I count to three, I'm going to leather you, <laughs> right? Or there will be hell to pay. There'll be a sanction. Okay. So it becomes one, two, three. Okay. And you can hear that in my voice. My, my chin is already setting as I'm, as I'm saying this. Okay. So that stiff chin, stiff jaw, neck muscles starting to tense up. So that now becomes something completely different. Okay, from one, two, three. Okay, and it's because of our history with it. To the dog, you can teach them anything. Okay, but it's our history that's important because we drag all that into that present moment. 
Okay, so you now start getting this one, two, three, and the dog stops coming back. Sorry, the dog doesn't come back at that point because they're away looking at something else. And now you start getting four, five, six. Okay, and that lack of friendliness in our voice, the dog picks up on, no problem, and starts going, there's no way I'm coming back in now, okay, because that starts becoming an angry voice, and even if you've had your puppy for a few weeks, and you're not aware of these things, how you talk to your dog, they will pick up what those tones mean, those uh, the emotions that go with those, the, the, the tone of those uh, that voice very, very, very quickly, okay, all right. So you see how just by counting, okay, a child with very little um, history of knowing what that means, okay, uh, sorry, of practicing that behavior to a parent or an adult with all our history, it's not responding, so I'm going to do more angry voice, okay. And I've seen this stuff over and over and over again, okay. Now, I, the, the only thing I'm going to say, and this is, I'm going to try and say this without meaning to be arrogant at all if you're listening to this and you're disagreeing with that with what i'm saying and oh that's a lot of rubbish what he's talking about okay that doesn't apply to me i've been doing this now for 12 years and i've got thousands of hours uh, of experience and i have seen uh, all of these things happen over and over and over again okay i've got a lot of experience of of witnessing these things okay and if you're saying that you don't do it what I would ask you to do is video yourself, okay, and then let me have a look at that video and, to, and, and or, or somebody that, that is aware of these interactions between uh, dogs and people um, and, and look to see, you know, is there something that you're doing there which is putting the dog off coming back, okay? So looking at uh, our recall cue, so we shout, Benji, come. Benji, come. Come here, okay? And that change in the tone of voice now becomes a, a, no, no, don't like doing that. Okay. All right. Now, there's, we've got two options here. We, can, we are completely aware of, and again, all of this comes to us being aware of what we are doing. And one of the things that you'll have heard, whether I've heard it on this podcast before or any of my content, that's Logan um, licking his feet. If you're wondering, um, any of the, if you've consumed any of my content on social media and you'll, you maybe hear me saying, if we want the dog to be aware of their actions, then we need to be aware of ours. Okay. So we need to be aware of how we're feeling and what we're doing. Okay. Moment by moment when we're training our dog. And that's a big ask. Okay. But that's what we're asking our dog to do. So I only think it's fair that we, we are doing the same thing. Okay. So the two options we've got, we use the words that we've already learned. Okay. So you do say, um, down, come here. Okay. Do your counting game. And those are words that you're already familiar with. So you don't need to learn them. The only thing that you need to concentrate on is how you're feeling when you're saying them. Okay. And paying attention to what we're, how it's supposed to be working for the dog, not for you, okay? So that's the first thing, awareness of our actions and how we're saying that to the dog, okay? So that's our first option, which is challenging, okay? 
The other option that we do is uh, we will say, uh, use completely different words, okay, completely different words, because it means nothing to the dog. So one of the things that I'll say with, we get uh, some Romanian uh, and Cypriot rescue uh, dogs coming into the country. And the dog's been in the country for like six weeks. And I hear people saying, get down, stop it, get down, no. Okay. And I say to the person, how long's the dog been in the country? And they'll say six weeks. And I says, how much English do you think your dog speaks? And they go, all oh, right, I suppose so. And then I'll say, can I... And uh, being cheeky, I'll say, and they don't speak any Romanian either because they're a dog. Okay. All right. So the words don't mean anything to the dog unless we teach them. But that's exactly the same as with us. Okay. Our, our words only have meaning because of what they're associated with. All right. So if I was to say to you, a glass of water, you know what that means. And if I say to the, uh, uh, a glass of water in a different language, so in Swedish or Portuguese, Swahili, Mandarin, you would no, have no clue what that meant. But I would make it, I can make, I can teach you what it means through association. Okay. So that's what's going on with your dog all the time. They don't come pre programmed with understanding the, the native language of the country that they were born or the, the language of the person that adopted them. So we can use different words. So you've got the phonetic alphabet and we've got the military and civilian version. Okay, so we've got Adam, boy, whatever. Okay, and that's the kind of civilian version of it. And then you get the military version, Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Delta, Echo, Foxtrot, Golf. Okay, so already there, we've now got 52 different cues that we can use. Okay, potentially 52 different cues. But, and this is the, the but comes in, people now still feel self-conscious about saying alpha to the dog to mean the dog to sit. Bravo for the dog to lie down. Charlie for the dog to stand up. Okay, and because they feel self-conscious about it, they don't do it. So as a, a trainer, and, and behavior consultant, a professional who's teaching people this, I, I, I weigh those two things up, okay? Which ones that we're going to use, okay? So these are things that we do need to consider when we're uh, teaching them. Now, with, if you're using the phonetic alphabet, it means that you don't have to worry about your history with that dog, with that word, okay? Because if, you, if, if somebody said to you alpha and now starts going alpha, alpha, right and growl and alpha you would just look at them like they're a madman okay and that's but that's precisely the point okay i do not know and i don't understand what you're asking me to do i just now understand that you're getting annoyed with me okay and, and that's what we're trying to get away from uh, having our dog feel okay now very lastly on this There's a fella I see at the park in the morning. I've not seen him for a long time, okay? And um, every every communication he has with his dog is exasperated, okay? So I'm going to call the dog Benji. He lets the dog off the lead. Never seen him being kind to his dog. Never seen him smile at his dog, giving his dog a treat, petting his dog nicely, okay? He comes out, lets the dog off the lead, and then just shouts and berates the dog for getting into trouble. Benji! Benji, stop that. Benji, get down from there. Get, come here now, Benji. Benji! And everything about him is angry, exasperated, and all the rest of it. So the way that I see it with his dog is that the only time that he, 
uh, the dog gets a break from him is that hour in the park in the morning. So the dog comes out, gets loads of reinforcement and enrichment and, and good stuff from everybody else in the park, runs up, says hi to people, gets clapped. Okay. Um, the occasional get a treat. He gets to play with other dogs, gets to run around and chase squirrels and whatever. Okay. And eventually the dog, because he's uh, a trainable breed, goes back to um, the owner. Okay. Whereas I think if he was a hound or like one of the not the spitz breeds that the dog would never be off the lead because he would just never come back. So because the guy uses exaggerated, exasperated words with uh, how he's interacting with his dog, then that's the effect that it has on the dog's behavior. Okay. So all of this stuff is super important. Okay. The history of, of the words that we use. Okay. And then being aware of how we're using those words okay and again with all of this come all of this stuff it's about being fully aware of what we are doing in the present moment okay uh, and if you're doing a training exercise okay and you if you're doing sorry you're doing some training with your dog and you keep wanting to say nope 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 that's not right it means that your dog does not understand what you're asking them to do or the motivation to do the behavior is lacking in brackets, the behavior to do something else is there. Okay. All right. So those are the reasons why your dog doesn't perform. And with it, if we don't understand those things, it means that we'll start using no, you got that wrong. You got that wrong. You got that wrong. And what I want to do is how about telling a dog that they got it right. Okay. Okay, so a little bit different uh, this morning, afternoon, evening that you're listening to this at. Okay, it's afternoon for me while I'm recording it. Um, lastly, just before we finish, I've got um, several online courses uh, which I've put together. I've got one on recall, loosely walking, and uh, reactivity and aggression towards dogs and people. So if your dog is lunging and barking at dogs or people, either because they're excited or because they want the dog to go away, I've got these three online courses. They're really comprehensive because there's a lot of detail in them and I've spent a lot of time putting them together. Um, one of them still, I'm still building. There's a few lessons to go into to one of them, okay? Um, but you, when you buy them, you've got access to them, okay? Uh, if you're wanting to take me up in that offer, if you go to glasgowdogtrainer.thinkific, sorry, no, I'll start again. Glasgow Dog Trainer Online .com. Okay, and I'll put the, the link in the show notes. And if you're listening to this, you'll get uh, 30% off the, the price, okay, uh, using the code PODCAST30. Okay, so you get 30% off the price of, of those courses. Okay, the aggression course, uh, because it's been built just now, is at a low price anyway. Um, but you'll get a th further 30% off it, but I'll be putting the price up um, within the next uh, week or so anyway, as it gets it gets completed. Okay, so if you're wanting to get your kind of double whammy discount, then um, you get it for about £40, which is about $55 US or something like that. So that's about 70 Canadian, something like that. Okay, but if you just put £40 into £40 uh, GB into currency converter, you'll get the, the rate. 
45 euros or something like that. Okay, um, so they're there for you. So it's Glasgow Dog Trainer Online.thinkific.com and use the code podcast30 for your discount. All right. Any questions or comments on any of this, um, then please let me know. Email me info at glasgowdogtrainer.co.uk and I'll catch you on the next one. Um, yep. It's the beginning of the end of the pandemic. Okay, we'll get there. Keep your distance from other people. Wear your mask, wash your hands, look after each other. Love you all. Catch you next time.